366, an innovative space for anyone involved in education, whether it be teacher, student, parent, or community member. Again, solving problems and building things. We have access to tools, which is just uh, fantastic. Um, we've got a machine shop here. And if I want to make something, I can go grab some metal and drill holes or or turn metal and make drive shafts or I can go on the mill and, and it's kind of really neat to see metal cut metal. A lot of people wonder how all this stuff is made. Well, you can you can go somewhere and magically have it made or you can go figure it out and make it yourself. And, and a lot of times if you're trying to be quick, you might have to go make it yourself. Yeah, we've got we've got a stream of water that goes through steel, eight inch and thick. Crazy. And it's like a printer, so you could you could program in CAD, which is like a for all those people out there that like to draw. There are computer programs. It's called computer computer aided design software, uh, computer aided drafting. There's a whole litany of them out there, but you basically can draw the parts that you want to make, and it's your way of communicating to others what it is you want to make then you could break those parts out and hand them to a machinist or you make a, a flat pattern which is basically like a cookie cutout you hand it to the guy on the water jet or the girl on the water jet and they put it in and it programs how the stream of water is going to cut that steel into the shape you want so you could make steel christmas cookies if you wanted to and that's that's all new tools that are available that allow you to rapid prototype things. Some That's of those cool. things that you guys have at your school. Yeah. 3D yeah, printer, Trevor, all that kind of stuff. It yeah. sounds like there's just so many areas that an engineer could work in or specialize in. It sounds like you've, you know, you've gone through the motions through researching and into, you know, almost innovating and, you know, all these different areas will, do you think you could give our listeners maybe one thing you love about your job or that you've done and one thing maybe that you don't like as much? There's so many things that I like. Um, the, the So being here, we have so many different products to work on. Um, me sitting still, I don't like. So the, the sitting here, I almost would prefer to have ear buds in and be running around outside and moving <laughs> sitting here I'm thinking I'm gonna get bed sores after 30 minutes but um, the, the things I like are I can go out to the shop and, and make things um, there's so many different products that we have that every day it's something new so we're in advanced concepts we have a project list but every other week it seems another group may find out that someone in our group has this special talent and they end up having a problem, uh, of course, with the with COVID and everything that's going on. Your suppliers are going down. They're offline. Parts aren't maybe where they're supposed to be. You have different branches of your of your TSV, whether it's Jacobson or whether it's Textron Motors or Arctic Cat or uh, GSE, which is Tug, ground sport equipment. They need something or they have an issue and they want to find out how to solve it. And someone in your group or your name comes up and you have a meeting 
and it's to say, hey, we've got this problem. What do you think from looking at it from a different perspective? And even that's been fun because, like I said, I don't necessarily want to work on the same thing every day. And we have so many different products that we're able to not do that. But on top of it, you'll have these things that might pop up. And it's like, hey, for an hour, just give us some of your experience about this thing. And it's it's kind of neat to kind of cleanse the palate and look at something different. Something you different. can look at something too long and it's just like yeah. you're you're burning it down. It's yeah. so you, over. So ahead. Trevor, you're saying you like the variety, but you also like the team part. You like the interaction with other people too. Is that correct or no? Yes. Yeah, you have to, you know, at, at home I do stuff by myself because it's my out, you know, you have to work on a team. I can't do everything. I don't have the skill sets to do everything. I've got the stubbornness where if I wanted to sit down and figure it out and do it, but it's not it's not advantageous time-wise. And we we are like a football team competing against other companies, which I also like. It's something that helps to keep you driven is that there's another company out there or two or three that are trying to eat your lunch and they're trying to get better and then you want to try to get better and it's a fun healthy competition um so you can't do everything as much as it's like going up to a mega bar and you see all this food and you want everything but you just you just can't do it so you do you do have to work with with other folks and it's interesting because you'll run into people and you'll get pigeonholed into one way of thinking of something and then someone else will come in and they say something and you're like whoa i never even thought about doing it that way and in in the real world you want to have the best culmination of ideas win you don't want to just your ideas because then you get stuck with whatever it is you have i know what i'm thinking i don't know what other people are thinking so you, you have to work together it sounds like there are just so many things that you really like about your job. I mean, is there anything you don't like? Not being able to do it all because it's like you. It is not because I'm saying I don't want to work <laughs> yes. with other people, but it's just like, oh, my gosh, I could I could do that. I could do it this way. And you're like, there's just not enough time. You know, you'll you'll be I'll be through a first wife and I won't see my kids. And because I'm staying here working late, um, some of the other things maybe, and you know, you do have paperwork. So um, there is a part of that, which is kind of fun to document what you've done. There are some processes that you don't necessarily like that you have to do because you have to communicate it with other people. So you you evolve to some process that you need to follow that way, if you get hit on the head or run over by 18-wheeler, someone after you can take over and and your project doesn't die. So you, you have to communicate. Um, some other things, meetings, although necessary, can sometimes be just, there's like never a good time. You're in the middle of doing something, you got to stop, and you're almost there at whatever it is you're working on. And you got to go figure out after the meeting, which you're still kind of thinking about during the meeting, 
about how do I pick up where I left off? And unfortunately, there are deadlines. And, you know, you could yeah. go down a rabbit hole about on everything that you work on <laughs> and nuke it. So you got to have timelines. Otherwise, they'll be like, where in the heck did Trevor go? Three weeks ago, he was supposed to go do this one thing. And then he'll come back with this really awesome thing after three weeks. And they're like, we can never sell that. Right. But it's not what you were supposed to do in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just end up off track. So sure. And every job has those, you know, yes. mundane things like meetings and paperwork, things that we would rather be spending other time doing, um, especially teachers. We would much rather be spending other time doing stuff other than grading, but you know, it's very important. Um, so you mentioned something earlier, Trevor, about how you were a fine student, but there were certain subjects like you mentioned psychology and that weren't your per se. What do you think that teachers could have done to maybe help engage, you know, your engineering brain um, to get those subjects to be more interesting? That's that's really tough because it's it's there are some things like I'm just not interested in. I think now things have changed and like I think I'm finding history a little more interesting than I did when I was in college because I was focused on this thing I want to do and those things that aren't directly making me better at the engineering stuff to me was more like a distraction or a hurdle I had to climb over. So for the longest time, history, and I think it might have been college, and I know we don't have any listeners, so this will be good that no one hears this, but I want to say it might have been a college history course that I wondered what was on the other side of the map. So they had a map sitting there forever. I've seen it all my life. And then the teacher said, she didn't even understand the question about what's on the other side of the map. And she basically showed me that it was just the globe flattened out. And I don't think I answered, asked any more questions in that class because I think, I think after, <laughs> I think after that, I was like, oh, I better be careful on what I could possibly. So that, that's tough. Okay. So I think if you were to talk about um, history as not a good class for me, um, a buddy of mine was just telling me, about the history of engineers, which I thought to be as the world looks at it. And this is a real story that just popped up a couple weeks ago on giving some insight to when you work with folks from all over the world, what engineer means to them. And it was a history course that he, he had taken, which I think may have been something that could have been incorporated back into history that was kind of interesting that would really have cleared up a lot of things now that engineers here aren't the same as engineers here. The definitions um, in some places they call an employee an engineer, any, any, any role engineer. And in some places, engineering's all math and paperwork and there's no hands-on. And then in other places, it's not that. It's kind of like a mutnick group of it's hands-on, it's, it's some paperwork, some math. So knowing more about that, that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's, that'd be kind of a stretch to have that in every history class. But wait, wait a minute. So, so let me ask this. 
so take English. How could English have been made more interesting to you? So it's it, it's funny that you say that because I think I would only know this answer because in doing Steamify stuff, I saw some of the events that they're doing where it's mashing all of this together and you have people writing papers about inventors and different eras of time when things were invented and when when this came about and the industrial revolution and 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 then i think we had the history of the desk i mean there's a lot of different things that i think but i i only would have that answer by working with the steamify folks and seeing oh, okay i can see how to blend this together because um one trick pony one trick pony well so believe it or not i wasn't trying to get that out of you i'm glad you no, mentioned but steamify but um i was curious because we have this problem a lot in educating uh, you know we have interest that drives a lot of you know i want to do this but yeah. at the same time we have to do these other things and so trying to yeah keep people persisting um is is part of what we're doing the podcast for right so um when you said yeah these other these other um subjects were not my thing instantly we started you know going back and forth in our chat that goes along with our uh, podcast and we we're like well what could have made it better you know well, so and you guys have these committees so you look at look at steamify uh -huh. it's not a room full of engineers otherwise you would be one-sided, you'd have one view at it, and it still wouldn't reach any of the people that you're trying to reach, or it would reach a small fraction of the people you're trying to reach. So you bring in folks from history, folks from English, folks from art, and you merge all that stuff together. So, you know, and it's the same thing when you're, you know, I, I collaborate at work. You work with other people with different backgrounds to get a broader picture of what it is you're trying to attack. I think, I think if we had a board on that, you know, that that's how you would solve some of those solutions. Sure. So to get to Trevor, it would have been important to make the history relevant. Um, like you were saying, you know, you, you kind of got into the history of, of engineering because it's relevant to you. That's what you do with your life right now. And, um, and would like you a, say that that's a fair assumption? Yeah, it's like, it's a hook. So if if you were to latch on to me at some part early in the class, I might have naturally paid more attention and tried to be more involved and engaged because I would be curious to see what other things are there out there that I'm not I'm not seeing. So for instance, so I'm a uh, you know engineering is pretty math it's pretty mathy. So Dr. Robinson, this is the point in time when you would turn off the podcast and go to something else. Go back to your cabin in the mountain with your chalkboards and do your math, your own secret language of math. But I'm totally sending this to him. Good. He needs to hear it. So, <laughs> so I, if I had a school, and this would be one improvement that I would make to it, it, it would only probably affect one, one of the you know, different majors. I would never teach math by itself, ever. Math by itself, and I know we don't have any listeners, so I could say this, I think is garbage. 
staying math and just go and make up numbers and have them add up to some other it's be like adding words the and the equals apple why it doesn't make sense so why would you do that if you had math in your science classes and you made your science classes last longer take the math class if it's a year and the science class and it's a year and say i got this math science class that lasts two years you learn the math as you go through it for the longest time i would learn math and not understand why i don't even get what this is doing and this is something i want to do like my career will be based some what based on math why why can't i understand it and then i get into physics with you know dr hogger and all of a sudden i'm like holy cow like the math is embedded in this class how do we how do we not teach this way now take that a step further what would it look like if you incorporated english or art and said hey we're just going to make this one class it's not math it's not science it's not and you learn these things together you know and that's kind of a you know a step of where i would think i would end up to finally think of what you guys started you know actually thinking about steamify yeah now i kind of get where all that stuff comes together because i'm i'm on step one math i don't get merge it with science teach them together now i'm at step two but you've done three four five with art and english and history and you know the arts in general that's that would make a lot of sense to do better teaching that way right sure absolutely and just really making it relevant for all kids where you know you just told us well if you had put math with science then it would have interested me a lot more um which is very relevant or um you know engineering um forts in history class because you're learning right. about you know people coming to america so you need right. to engineer your own fort um you know it, it's all very mm -hmm, aqueducts sure all that uh, weird stuff that you just looked at as dirt like okay right. I get it. there's a dirt mound with water running through it <laughs> how yeah, sure, sure, for sure. Um, so with that said, what kinds of people do you think make the best engineers? Other than yourself, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always learning, so I, I don't wanna say I'm best because uh, I'm always learning. I don't know, I, anyone who's curious about how, thing, how something works, uh, there's so many kids that you see taking apart things like, Anyone that's curious, uh, anytime we did interviews, they'd always start off with Legos, Legos, Legos. But it could go, you know, way further than that. You, I took a radio apart. I don't understand how this works. What What's a bearing? Why, when I stand here, does this thing not bend? Or when I stand here, it bends. Anyone who's curious about, you know, the world around them, to me, I feel would be a good engineer. Um, you see things and wonder why. You know, can this can I deflect this wall with my own weight? And again, hate to beat up on Dr. Hogger, but he showed us with a laser and a ruler and a pin and a mirror that you could move a block wall. And and I was like, well, that's that's really that's, that's cool. That's pretty impressive. And it, it didn't take much. Uh, one of his uh, one of his things uh, he did way back in the day. Um, he talked about these speaker cups. You could make speakers out of cups. And and later on in my grad school, part of the going through um, uh, grad school to fund it, I did a GK-12 fellowship, which stood for graduate K through 12. 
and it was an NSF kind of grant. Uh, I think it was the National Science Foundation. And it was to go in and teach sixth graders and work with the teacher for 20 hours a week on basically what you guys are talking about, reaching all these teachers, put an engineer in the classroom and help them get over the hurdles of what, how do I, how do I make this engineering-esque? And that's what I did for twice a week. I would go teach in a sixth grade class with this teacher and we would do stuff. And a lot of the kids in there, and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a well-off school. It was in a bad neighborhood. A lot of the schools, I mean, a lot of the, the kids, the, the folks there didn't know what engineers were. So how do you know you want to be an engineer? You don't even know what it is. Like, so we built these speaker cups. And, and one thing, you know, I talked about the hook, um, you know, getting someone early on and, and then from there on their own hunger will keep them driven throughout the class, hopefully. Every now and then you need you need more hooks, but we did the speaker thing. So you, you talked about who who would who would all need to be engineers. Um, we we broke up into groups. Everybody got a cup and a coil of wire and a magnet. And standing up front, you know, I, I later on learned in, in work Myers Briggs kind of stuff and uh, uh, Enneagram, this that and the other, and you learn about different people learning different stuff. I sat in front of the classroom and the girls who I thought had no interest in engineering, <clears throat> they sat down, read the instructions without questioning the instructions. They went and followed the steps one by one by one, went through it. They were the first people done. They were organized, no fighting. They may not have known why. They got to the front of the line. I had a radio hooked up. We plugged it in and you could hear music through their yogurt speaker cup, which is all that stuff's on NSF's websites. They're the, the write up on how to do that's there. But as soon as the guys who were just like playing with the cups and making horse galloping sounds and, and doing everything but reading the instructions, as soon as they saw the other team do it, they're like, are you kidding me? This isn't made up. This isn't a joke. This is like something that really works. They immediately aligned and got together and started doing it. And then it was just like, once someone saw it work, they, you know, I, I think maybe they thought this was just a, a, a project for show. It didn't really have any validity. It didn't work. But so who should be in it? I don't know. I, I, I think we need more, more women in engineering. They, they, Anytime I had a study, and it's not about, you know, guys against girls. Anytime we did study hall, there had to be a girl there. I can get off track. I am maybe a little bit high energy at times. Sitting down and getting focused is a problem. Having a girl there was so structured and keeping you organized and having the group sit down and do tasks was a benefit to going through the study. Otherwise, it's just hanging out with friends, goofing off. They were glad to hang out, but let's sit down and get the task done. Yeah. So all these people have so many different types of talents. I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you could exclude anybody from engineering. And I know right now all the history folks are dying right. off and English people because everybody's rushing out to do engineering stuff because I said so. Yeah, but yeah, I, that's, what, I, that's 
I think that's where everybody should be. Well, okay, so so building on that, Textron, I've noticed across Georgia and maybe nationwide, has really taken an interest in fostering this this, I don't know, this mindset, this engineering questioning mindset. They they do a, sponsor a lot of things at Georgia Tech. You mm-hmm. guys have gotten, and you specifically have gotten involved with Steamify. Um, tell us about, so, so Georgia, so what do I want to say here? Textron takes an interest in fostering this mindset, right? They even have a really cool school that they've partnered with in Richmond County. You're giving kids the opportunity to to learn these things practical. So why did you guys decide to get involved in Steamify in particular? So you're right. The the Textron has a lot of involvement in the area. Uh, RPM, I think, is a school you're referring to where they partnered up with Richmond County and the, the 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 board, the business, better business bureau. There's uh, some business board downtown that I'm totally ruining their name. I'm sorry, but they take people that are in schools that may not have an idea of of where to go and give give them an insight into business and and um, they do uh, assembly and they get to see how manufacturing works and those folks when they graduate they graduate with a degree and they also graduate with the opportunity to have a job lined up for them and then they they've gone up through textron and and gone on to other parts beyond manufacturing um my involvement here you know i've tried to stay involved uh as much as possible and and my workplace has been very supportive of that in augusta university and try to push for you know, like a a hands-on center there, uh, an inventor space. So we work with Dr. Hogger, um, you know, and, and the, the dean of the college over there at physics and chemistry and math, um, who just reached out to me again uh, this week to, to see uh, if we can reconvene on that. And it's it's a maker center, you know, and we, we donated equipment. And in doing that and being on site, run into a lot of fine folks over there. Um, Ashley being one of them, and we'll also go to church with. So um, um, heard about the the Steamify, which was then something else, but uh, it's it's Steamify, and and said I wanted to be a part, and my work agreed to have us go be a part of these things, um, and then and I think my interest kind of came from that GK12 fellowship that I had, where I was in the school and seeing kids. Uh, you would work on these projects and you would see these pockets of aha moments where they're like, oh my gosh, I totally get it now. I can't believe this is, this is all it is. Or I can't believe I could do that by just these few things. And seeing that, I think made me want to stay involved and again, be a part of the Steamify and, and the amount of people that you reach, you know, it's, you're reaching people from all over different walks of life. Um, we had a guy, uh, uh, no kidding, I'm in my GK12 fellowship, two officers walk in with a kid who they just released from the trunk of a burning car so that he could get back into school. 
So he left from a burning trunk, being locked into car, set on fire, came back to class like it was no big deal, and then participated in our engineering hands-on activities. So to just to see and reach, you know, all kinds of kids that may not know what an engineer is. So I, my interest came from from many things, being from the community, from you know Augusta, from uh, having gone through Augusta University, um, having participated in other events that involved, you know, showing kids things or the rocket launching competition. Yeah, like, just doing stuff, getting them involved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, love I that. had a girl debate me at, at the Steamify thing. Uh, yes. Like we had no redos and <laughs> she came through like an attorney and set up her court argument to the point where even though I'm supposed to say no, I couldn't say no with all the facts in front of me. So that was like another aha moment where she had taken what she saw, put together a super valid argument to to argue why they should get another chance. And it's it's those little moments yeah. that are that are fantastic. That's why I I keep coming back, and that's you know that's why Textron stays involved. That's awesome. That's that's the best. So Trevor, what have we not asked you about? What else would you like to tell our listeners? You know about engineering or 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 just relevance or I mean I don't know what else. Gosh, I don't know. Um, so it, if I were a teacher in a classroom, I would start looking at the, 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 these little tools. Everything's come down. Uh, when they first came out with 3D printers and stuff like uh, uh, laser engravers, all these automated tools that really help you to build stuff to help get kids involved. So I guess this is more towards um, any teachers or educators or anyone in the education system that are trying to have more impact on, on kids, the, the hands-on. So you can go through the book stuff and you can go through all the lessons and you can stay on, on with the, uh, the rubrics and all the things that the, the system has laid out for you to follow. The kids that are naturally book smart, which that's not me, all the kids that are naturally book smart and that are good at reading and just doing these things, those kids are gonna do well, period, just by reading. It doesn't even mean they've learned it. They're able to read it and go through and have passed the test. The other thing would be to focus on the kids that aren't the readers. So you go through and do the Myers-Briggs and you learn, and there's other things out there than Myers-Briggs, but you learn about introverts and extroverts and how this person learns and, you know, uh, judges and all these different things. And you teach to one kid or one group of people when you only look at reading from a book and, 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 and preaching in the classroom, getting these little MakerBot kits, uh, these little, uh, you look at Arduino, uh, Raspberry Pi, these little cheap things I think I have some in my office still that we still need to get out to the the folks that that one which we're working on with the pandemic stuff. Um, but there are plenty of online tutorials or you reach out to local colleges and say, I want to learn how to do more hands on stuff in my classroom. 
but I need to learn how to do more hands-on stuff in the classroom. I can't show somebody something I don't know, or they have to pick the students that are good at that stuff and say, show me so I could show everybody else. And these are little $25 programmers. And maybe maybe kids learn how to program on them once a week. They Whoever did yeah. great gets to, to learn. So I would say try to get more. Bring hands, that more into the subject. Stuff. Yes, perfect. Thank you for bringing that up because that's what STEM and STEAM is all about. Trevor Roebuck, thank you so much for your time today. Look, and we stayed two minutes of our time gets given back to us. Yay! Thank you for listening to the Room 366 podcast. Remember, you can listen to our podcast every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform that you prefer. Also, thank you to our sponsors. Without them, we would not be on the air. AARP and the South Carolina After School Alliance. See you next time in Room 366.